think that was our message right there. Don't take that home with you, right? I want you to get your Bibles or your devices or however you look up the Scripture. And I want you to, we're going to be in two chapters today. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8 and Revelations chapter 12. Two chapters that I think every believer should master. And I think we should love the whole Bible. But I think there are chapters that are basics that we should master. Romans 8, Romans 12, and Revelations 12 uh, are just amazing. So those of you that don't know where to start reading the Bible, I just gave you a great place to start right there. We are in the middle of a series called Frequently Asked Questions where we are taking not only what you have asked us in our Easter survey, but also uh, questions that over, over 25 years of ministry that just keep being asked. What are, they keep coming up. The first Sunday we talked about what is my purpose. The second Sunday, how can I find peace? Um, last week, Brian Larson did such an incredible job. Lean long time. Don't lean long time. You remember that was funny. Uh, number three, Brian spoke on why do I keep attracting the wrong people in my life? <laughs> Such a good word. And today, I want to speak on how do I overcome this? Or another way to ask that question is how do I break this cycle? How do I stop doing the same stuff over and over and over and over again? How many now are getting ready to take some notes? Let me tell you something. Uh, with this series, because each message is sort of a standalone message within the, within the message theme, uh, I've got three or four messages already prepared, questions that uh, I do a lot of my study at the beginning of a series, and so I'll get a lot of information and material, and so I'm ready. i got three or four different questions we're ready to roll on, and I was ready. And all this week, just praying over God, which one do you want us to talk about? And I just couldn't get a, a feeling. On, and I told Kristen, I said, he's going to do it again. Holy Spirit is going to just mess the whole thing up. I'm all prepared and ready. And sure enough, woke up this morning, wide awake, still dark outside. And the Lord said, no, I want you to answer this question. Because there are going to be people there this morning that really need to hear. And so I'm telling you, from scratch today, just God began to just do a download. So I want you to get ready. How many are ready to receive this this morning? Four people? How about the rest of you? Are you ready to receive this this morning? Now look, don't be calling us on Thursday wondering how you're going to get over the mess. We're going to tell you right now, this is how, how you do it. How many of you feel like that it's the same stuff that trips you up all the time? Really? I mean, when you think about it, we, I mean, I, I, I mess up a lot. I got a lot of areas that I mess up in. But when it comes down to it, there's one or two things that are those same things that you're like, I'm not going to do that again. I won't, right? And yet it comes back around, and the enemy knows that, and he knows that that is your weakness, and so that's what he goes after. He continually goes after those things. So in Romans 8, Revelations 12, we're going to find, I hope, some answers here today. Romans chapter 8 and verse 35, close to the end of the chapter, Paul is writing and he says this. It goes right along with what Anthony has been singing today. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? 
As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Now, you remember Paul is writing to people that are being persecuted. So he's, he's writing to them and, and he's explaining what's going on. And he says, no, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Everybody say those three words, more than conquerors, on the count of three. One, two, three, more than conquerors. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, or any other, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How many of you have celebrated when you've read that before? Come on, have you celebrated as someone has preached about it before or sung about that principle before? And yet, when I read this, I'm probably a lot like you, I feel like that I am so easily defeated. And I am so easily distracted. And I am so quickly separated from the love of God. Is it just me or does anybody else feel that way? I can celebrate when Paul writes it. But when I look at my own life, how easily I'm defeated and distracted. How easily I feel like that I get separated from the grace and the glory and the love of God. I mean, we can't even conquer the daily stuff. Much less tribulations and distress and persecution and famine and nakedness and peril are sword. You read Hebrews chapter 11 and what those patriarchs of the faith and matriarchs of the faith went through. Just a few of them. They were tortured. They were stoned. They were sawn in half. They were set on fire. And this is before they even knew anything about the gospel. They never even had the hope that you and I have. And I sometimes get upset when they get my latte wrong. When the person won't let me merge over. Just come on, you got plenty of room. Could you let me merge? They've been persecuted. They've been sawn in half. And we can't even change the channel when something comes on. We can't even get over it when someone posts something that we feel like was directed toward us. We can't push the plate back when we've had enough. Or put the glass down when you've had too much. You can't tell that person no. And you certainly can't tell that person yes. Am I speaking to anybody? Is it just me up here today? And yet the Bible clearly says that we are more than conquerors. But I don't know about you, those two worlds seem completely separated for me. All the people that did all that they do, that have been martyred for His name and in my own life. And I know what you're walking through. We've talked this week. I know the, sep- the separation that you feel. I understand that how you feel defeated and depressed and you feel beat down. That's not what the Scripture says. It says we are more than conquerors. So I want to learn how. How about you? You want to learn how? How? Let's jump to Revelations. This is where John has had an amazing revelation, not only of the risen and victorious Christ, but also of the people who have conquered with him. And this is what he says. We kind of get a we kind of get to eavesdrop in on what what John is saying in Revelations 12 and 11, and it says, "And they have defeated him." Everybody say conquer. 
the King James says, they overcame him. They have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb, by their testimony, and that they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. We're going to hit those things, but I want to give you a little backstory. okay? That was Revelations 12 and 11. I want you to rewind up to Revelations 12 and 7, all right? So we're up four verses. You got that? If you had your Bibles, you would know that. But some of you don't have your Bibles. I'm just letting you know where we are. Because suddenly things appear on the screen. You're like, whoa, that's amazing. And you don't really know where it is in context, okay? So we just read Revelations uh, 12 and 11. Now we're going up four verses to Revelations 12 and 7. Watch this. Talk about dramatic. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. One prophet said, I saw him like lightning from heaven hit the earth. That's how, that's how fast he lost his place. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Now jump down to verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. Y'all know who that male child is? Y'all don't? Y'all know who that male child is? Can somebody just say his name? Can somebody say his name like Anthony Skinner would sing it? Jesus. Verse 17. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring. Those who keep God's commandments and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. Stop right there. So in other words, if you read, when you get home, your homework is to read Revelations 12. It says that there was a civil war that broke out in heaven and Satan and one third of the angels were tossed, hurled to the earth and, and he said, I'm going to get you back. I'm going to wage war against the woman. Could not defeat the woman. She was saved. Let me tell you something. You can't defeat the church. I'm going to tell you right now. You may not like it. It may have hurt you, you think. But the church is going to stand and survive and help set up his kingdom. Don't talk about the church. Jesus loves it. He gave his life for it. All right. You better watch talking bad about the church. He will get you. So he's hurled to the earth and he goes after the woman, but he can't destroy the woman. And so what does the Bible says he does? He wages war. Same thing he did in heaven. He wages war upon her children, wages war upon her offspring. Y'all, this has always been his plan. He always goes after the children. Always. Always. Pharaoh, I need to get Moses. I'm going to kill every kid there is. I need Jesus is showing up. Herod just begins to annihilate children. He's always going after the children. Revelations 12 and 4 says this. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. This has always been his plan. Let me explain why. First of all, he knows he can't kill mama, all right? But he feels like if he can't kill mama, if he can just destroy the fruit that mama produces. 
If he can destroy the offspring of mama. That's why the spirit of abortion is so diabolical. That's why any type of slavery or abuse is diabolical. Anything that puts kids into a terrible situation is diabolical. That's what the enemy is after. But it's not just children. It's also the fruit that you and I would produce. That's why he's happy with us having signs and wonders but not having any fruit. That's why he said, I don't care that you heal the sick or raise the dead. I don't know you because you don't look like me and you don't act like me. There's no fruit in your life. Because he says the fruit is what's going to bring people to him. Do we believe in the signs? Yes, we do. Do we believe in the gifts? Yes, we do. But if I've got to pick one, I'm going to pick the fruit. Because if I can pick the fruit, that means I'm being more like him, which means I'm going to start acting more like him. And then everything starts happening. And I'm preaching at 9 o'clock this morning. Why is he after the fruit? Because he knows the seed is in the fruit. May not be able to kill the tree, but if he can kill the fruit... Because every piece of fruit has the seed, not just one seed, but multiple seeds that help produce even more fruit. And so the enemy says, I can't kill her, but I can go after her. That's why he attacks your intimacy. This is why the enemy attacks intimacy in your friendships. He does, he, it's, he's fine with y'all hanging out and playing golf. But he doesn't want you to get to the place that you start confessing sins. He's cool with you just hanging out. But he doesn't want us to get to the place. Because the Bible says when you confess your faults one to another, you will be healed. Confess your faults to God, and he is just and able to forgive. But there's a lot of forgiven people that have never been healed. Because they won't go to a place of intimacy with someone else and say, this is what I'm bad at. And the enemy is always trying to destroy intimacy. That's why he attacks marriages right now. Look, husband and wives, listen to me. You need to be on guard. The enemy is working overtime coming after marriages. You need to do everything you can to have the best love affair with your lady that you ever had. Women, you need to do everything you can to make sure that you're doing everything you can to have a love affair with that man that you have. Because the enemy is after your intimacy. He doesn't want you to make love with each other right. He doesn't want you to talk with each other right. He does not want that. Because he knows that if you start being intimate with one another, you're going to produce some fruit that he can't handle. I'm pastoring right now. Godly friendships. He does not want the intimacy there. That's why he's after it. But the Bible says they were overcomers. Even with everything he did, even with him hurling everything he had at them, they were overcomers. How? Three ways. And they defeated him by the blood of the Lamb. Number one, write it down. How am I going to overcome this obstacle that I keep tripping over? How am I going to break the cycle in my life that thing that I say I'm never going to do it again and then I do it again how am I going to do that number one they defeated him by the blood of the lamb write it down the blood of the lamb Paul just wrote in chapter 8 that we are more than what come on I love it we are more than conquerors that's chapter 8 jump up to chapter 7 and listen what Paul is saying I have discovered this principle of life. When you hear someone say, I've discovered the principle of life, you need to sit up and listen, all right? He said, I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Wait, wait, what? 
You're the same guy that's about to write more than conquerors? And you're acting like me now? He said, I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Have you ever said that to yourself? I'm not asking anybody else said that to you. I'm talking about have you ever said that to yourself? Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Who will break this cycle? And then I love this, what he says. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he goes into this whole thing. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Diving into it. So here's the answer. When you face that thing tonight, When you face that situation this week, the first thing you have to do is you have to look at it and say, I'm miserable. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. But the blood of Jesus Christ has already covered this situation. His sacrifice and his sacrifice alone is all that is needed. I can never do enough. I can't pray enough. I can't pay enough. I can't be strong enough. I can't read enough books. I can't go to enough counseling. Because you know what happens. You can be good for years and years and years. And all it takes is one moment of weakness. And it undoes everything. But the blood of Jesus Christ that covers every sin and covers every stain not only can cover it up when I do it, but it can help me from doing it in the first place. That's the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. What that means is you look at that situation when it begins to happen and you go, ain't going to go there because it's covered in the blood of Jesus. Don't want to touch that. Don't want to get involved in that. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony. What is a testimony? That's when you stand and you say, I swear that this is what I witnessed. This is what I saw. The word of their testimony. There's something about not just believing it, but confessing it with your mouth. The scripture says it, right? If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is going to save you, you will be saved. You can't just believe it in your heart, though. At some point, there's got to be the blah. It's got to come out. That's like me believing that I love Kristen but never telling her. It's because something's got to happen. It's got to come out of me. I've got to speak this thing that I already feel in my heart. There are three ways that we do that. One is through worship. Worship, and write this down. Because I think this is pretty good. Worship is us telling God what God has done. So when we begin to sing together, your love never fails. We're saying to him, I know that. Because I failed, but your love hasn't failed. We're worshiping him together. We begin to say that he is good. He is good. He is good. What is that? That's a witness of us saying to him, you are are good. You do good things. So the word of your testimony, number one, involves worship, where we tell God what God has done. The second thing it involves is witnessing, where we tell others what God has done. 
David said, I'm going to declare your name in the sanctuary right here among everybody, right? But he said, I'm also going to declare it among the heathen. I'm going to tell other people about it. Let me say something to you. The greatest travesty is that you and I would just soak in the grace and the love and the glory of God and watch people be baptized and and be resurrected, brought up just a brand new person and not go tell somebody about it. The worst thing is for you and I to study this word and, and, and try to get, but never open up our mouth and tell other people what God has done in our life. It's not as hard as we make it. And sometimes I think we think we make witnessing up there like with working out. Like, you know, it's got, you got to do it. You just need to do it. It shouldn't be like that. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. If I go eat some good food, I'm going to tell you all about it. I'm going to tell you about the restaurant, right? Look at your neighbor and say, you need to tell somebody about the good food you're eating right now. Overcomers by the word of their testimony. Number one, worship. Telling God what God has done. Number two, witnessing. Telling others what God has done. But thirdly is warfare where you're telling the devil what God has done. Now, you want to be an overcomer, that's where you begin to use your testimony against the devil himself. When temptations come and darkness comes and you feel yourself being pulled back into that cave of depression and despair, that's where you stand up and you begin to remind Satan who he is, who you are, and who God is. Now, look, if I had some Pentecostal people in here, we would go for it. All right, just some missionary Baptists, whatever, it don't matter. You can be Baptist, just got to be a missionary on the front, all right? We can go there. But I want you to get what I'm saying today. Because on Thursday, that same cycle is going to come back in your life, and you're going to go, what do I do? The first thing you do is say, the blood of Jesus has already covered this situation. And the second thing you do is you look at it, and you say, God has come through before, God will come through again. But I don't know that he's come through in my life. Oh, you a liar. You ain't looking hard enough. And if you don't have it in your own life, there's just volumes right here. Just flip through it. Because the Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it for Moses, he'll do it for you. If he did it for Sarah, he'll do it for you. Look at your neighbor and go, mm-hmm. I'm feeling this. Anthony, you do something to me, man. You bring- How do we break out? How do we overcome obstacles? How do we destroy the cycles in our life? Number one, applying the blood of Jesus to every situation. Secondly, speaking the word of faith and truth and testimony. And then it says, number three, and they did not love their lives so much they were afraid to die. Number three is living a selfless life. This is how they overcame. This is how they got from worrying about if their dinner was served cold or not to being able to keep the faith when they're set on fire. The blood of Jesus. The word of my testimony. And the fact that I know that my life is not my own. Romans 8 and 1. So now there is no condemnation to those who belong. Say that word. Belong. Look at me. Not our Christians. 
There is no condemnation to those who are believers. Are you a believer? I think he's an unbeliever. No. There is no condemnation to those who belong. I was a slave to sin. He set me free. And now I give my life back to him as a love slave. To say, I belong to you. I am your property. The reason we get frustrated with people and with church and with God is because we feel entitled. And I've said this before, but I want to say it again because it is a revelation. Offense comes through entitlement. You get offended when you feel entitled to something. You feel like that somebody owes you something. You feel like somebody should do something for you. you feel, and so because you're entitled, we're entitled, we get offended. Somebody that doesn't feel entitled to anything don't get offended. A beggar's just happy to get anything to eat. I belong to him. And because you belong to him... The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Everybody say the cycle. Everybody say the obstacle. Everybody say that one thing that I can't stop doing. How do I stop doing it? The blood of Jesus, the word of my testimony, and realizing that when I belong to him, his spirit frees me from that cycle. Belong to him. Romans 8 and 37. Knowing all these things. You are more than conquerors. How? Through him. Who loved us. By his blood. By his power. We testify of that. And then we say to him. I can't do this by myself. I got to do this through you. I got to be in you. You got to be on me. I got to be buried in your name. I got to go down. Be buried. Come back. Back out, a new person. I gotta have, matter of fact, I gotta have your identity on me. I can't even have my own identity on me. And I love this because we're talking about overcoming, right? Overcoming, being conquerors. But the scripture says we are more than conquerors. What? Not just say no when you want to say yes, not just the one time, not click on the website that you shouldn't be going to. Not just the one time of yelling at that spouse when you know you shouldn't do it. More than a conqueror. In the Greek, that means this. To be completely and overwhelmingly victorious. That's like not just winning the game, but taunting. Like the Bible says that Jesus publicly led the enemies through and said, I want you made a spectacle of them after he got death, the keys to death and the grave. Taunted them, would have been flagged in the NFL for it. Taunt, talked about his mama. I'm talking bad stuff. We give the enemy too much credit. The enemies, the enemy would love to make you think that he's still an angel. He is not an angel. He is a devil. He is an imp. And the Bible says because of Jesus Christ, we are seated with Jesus in heavenly places far above every principality, power, might, and dominion. That's what has to come upon us. We have to get that kind of feeling on us. It goes, wait a minute. You tempting me? I'm a son of God. You trying to get me to do that? 
And so next week, this week, tonight, in just a few minutes, when you look at that obstacle, you need to look at that obstacle and say, this thing is covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. He's done it before he'll do it again. And secondly, I am not my own. I am bought with a price. I'm not going to fulfill my selfish desires because I am not my own person. How many received that word this morning? Come on, do you receive that word today?